Welcome to the Planet Nerd Podcast. As always, I'm Eric Weird alongside Jordan Angie, and it's the home stretch. Summer movie season, trailers dropping, shows coming out. What a week we had, as well as Loki. Um, so we'll kick us off there. Episode three. It was not the best so far this season, but it was needed. We see Loki and the variant ending up on Lamentus One. And first off, this episode really showed the chemistry that Tom Hiddleston and Sophia DiMartino have. And it was great. It was great to watch that. Um, and it also gave me a very snow piercer vibe, <laughs> um, basically taking place on a train. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool, a cool approach there. Uh, and just, it just had a little bit of everything too. Um, they went canon um, with Loki admitting he's bi. Um, it's comic canon. So a lot of people are interested, have mixed reactions there, unfortunately. Um, but I'm glad they're keeping, keeping that theme going. And the way, the way they got on the train was great. Um, Loki shifting to a guard, using Sylvie as a wealthy escapee trying to one-up each other using their magic. <laughs> um, but then there's some, also some interesting things. Uh, Jordan? Yeah, um, to your point, it, it was definitely, I think, the weakest of the three episodes we've had so far. But I think that's just a indication of how good the show is. <laughs> to say that there's a weak episode... This show's worst episode is better than a lot of series' best episode. Um, I just, to me, it was like I got so used to that Loki and Mobius dynamic um, for those first two weeks that I just kind of missed that. Um, but this was cool. Yeah, to your point, you know, it, it's not like they made Loki being by. It, it's not like they were cramming it down our throats. This wasn't a Captain Marvel situation. Like, it's very much in the comics that Loki is gender fluid and he's bisexual. And it's not like they crammed on us. It was two characters having a conversation about love. And it was one simple line. So it wasn't like they beat us over the head with it. And, um, you know, it just, to me, I, I like, my favorite part of the episode was probably the ending sequence. Um, just because how beautifully it was shot. You know, with the the planet crashing into the moon, or the moon crashing into the planet, and um, them just trying to escape it, and use their magic, and fighting all the guards. It that last like five six minutes, I think, was just awesome. The other stuff, it was good story building. You know, uh, the variant getting shot by the lady in the house, I thought was kind of funny. Um, oh yeah, no, that scene was that scene was great and. I think the line of that was Loki changing into her husband. It's like, hey, honey, I'm back. I miss you. I love you. And she shoots him. And he's like, he'd never say that. Like, just yeah, little, Loki's such a peckerhead. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just stuff like that makes it. But I think one of the most interesting things of that sh of the episode that came out of it was we 
figured out the TVA is really just mind-erased humans forced to work there. Like, Which, Doesn't that kind of mirror WandaVision a little bit? I was going to say, the like, way she was trying, the way Sylvie Enchantress was trying to get into the mind, very Scarlet Witch vibe. Now we've, now the mind-erased humans, but the difference there, though, I mean, WandaVision was, like, she was controlling it. It wasn't it wasn't that they had their memories wiped out. Like they, when WandaVision, they snapped back. It was like they knew who they were. This was complete wipeout. So the question is now, like, what is the TVA really? And who are the timekeepers? And why is Miss Midnight or Miss Minute so awesome? Like, um, yeah, I, I don't know, besides man. Being, besides being voiced by the incredibly talented Tara Strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this week this week was a necessary week. It's just, it's kind of hard because when you only have six episodes, you need to have one episode that does all this groundwork, you know? That's the downside to miniseries is you don't have all this established already, so you can't hum along. That's one thing I appreciated about Falcon and Winter Soldier is every episode was like boom, 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 boom. There wasn't a lot of like this in it, but you needed this. This show is a lot deeper show. It required more context. And, you know, yeah. you, we're still trying to figure out what the variant, what's her real motivation, you know? She, clearly she wants to bring down the TVA, but we really don't know why. Exactly. You yeah. know, and yeah, we found out she was adopted. Yeah. We. But so was. But so so was and it, her her yeah, her story mirrored a lot of what Loki's was. Right. Um, I don't think she's Lady Loki. I think that theory is kind of at the window at this point. I mean, I don't want to say it's not, but she's more likely to be Mephisto than she is Lady Loki at this point. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at it, I mean, she is. I mean, this is the similarity. I mean, Sylvie is a frost giant, though, but she's been enchanted to look like an Asgardian. So the so they mirror like that. Yeah, their their paths are very similar, and they they're just their motivations are two totally different paths. And I, I don't like Loki is the god of mischief. So he's all about starting shit. I don't think this lady's starting shit. Like, <laughs> I think she's there to take, I think she's there to bring some shit down. So, I mean, clearly she tried to set off a damn time event, which we still have, we never did see the repercussions of that. You know, like she started how many different branches of the time, you know, timeline? Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't, so, we need to, we need to get those answers. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how they go about it, considering how episode how the episode ended with the piece of with the piece destroying the rocket. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that Mobius finds them. That's my theory too. I think is that they, they, I think they, find they, 
they they find him and that's how they get him off that planet, you know, because um, that lamentous thing was a you know to like th- Loki said she's hiding somewhere, you know, in an event. Sounds like that lamentous thing was kind of an event. Yeah. Um, so you know maybe yeah. they were able to track it and find him that way. Yeah. And it did leave us with a did leave us with a good cliffhanger, like. We're not because we're talking about how they're going to get off the planet. How how are they going to do that? Like it's going to be. This a little reminds me sort of like Infinity War. Like it left me with like, holy shit! Like what's happening next now? Like that. That's just my view, though. The show is so good, dude. Like I just, uh, I, Tom Hiddleston. I think if he wasn't already. I think he's on that like Mount Rushmore of like people that were perfectly cast for the roles. Like for for me, it, it's it's Hiddleston, it's Hugh Jackman, it's Ryan Reynolds, it's Danny Jr. Um, that that like I, honest to God, I think he's like my fourth on about that Mount Rushmore of like people that just for the MCU, just in general, in general, like he's so perfectly cast for that role. You know, when you look at the character Loki in the comics and what he is, and to me, Hiddleston brings all of that. But then he also, like, just his facial expressions, man. I love that smart-ass little smile he has and just the subtleties he plays that character. It's so everything I wanted Loki to be in a Marvel live universe, this guy plays it. And... Yeah, I, I think I was discussing it with somebody else this week, and I think that's my four, is I think it's Hiddleston. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. If Ryan Reynolds should always play Deadpool. If Ryan Reynolds were to spontaneously combust tomorrow, I would never want to see another Deadpool movie ever again. Um, Hugh Jackman, we're going to get another Wolverine at some point. It's just inevitable. Um, but, you know, and then Danny Jr. as Iron Man, like, those four for me are like the guys that like just they played their roles perfectly. And God, Tom Hiddleston's so good. Yeah, all right, I get that. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, once they in the new episode. But um, let's uh, go into kind of a a real sci-fi, real event in sci-fi. Uh, we've been. The speculation has gone for thousands of years. I want to believe the truth is out there. The U.S. finally released a much-anticipated UFO report, or I don't like this name, Unidentified Aircraft Phenomena. It's a UFO, damn it. Um, But, uh, yeah. It's. They looked at 144 cases between 2004 and 2021, and for the first time, these are being looked at as serious threats by the U.S. Defense Department. However, they found no evidence of extraterrestrial life, though it's not been ruled out, even though only one of the 144 cases could be explained. Eric, can I put my tinfoil hat on for a second? Mine's on too, so go for it. All right. They've known UFOs have been here 
forever. Forever. If you expect me to sit here and believe as a free-thinking, logical person that they haven't already known, had contact with life forms outside of this world, I won't even say UFO, outside life forms of some variety, you are fucking insane. Um, and this report this week told me, hey, guess what? We know, but haha, middle finger, you still aren't going to know. And I completely agree with that decision. And in my notes, I wrote down a simple fact. We had a pandemic breakdown last year that involved a virus. And people panicked and went out and bought every piece of toilet paper that existed in man. If you think for a minute that people can handle the news that UFOs are real and they're out there and they won't turn this world into complete anarchy, you are out of your mind. So <laughs> I think the government knows. I think they have known for a while. Um, I think there's a lot more to it that we will never know. And I think it should stay that way because the second we find any kind of hard evidence that's unmistakable, this world's going to turn into anarchy. That's my tinfoil theory. Yeah, I mean, they've also said it's no foreign government, which that was a concern that it's mainly either Russia or China doing things with next-gen technology, which, again, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on here. Every technologically advanced country, Russia, U.S., Japan, China, we're working on shit that no one knows about. <laughs> um, so, but again, need to be careful how you dress that one. Um, we don't know more because there's still not a good good enough data out there that we have. I Again, going to your point, 100% believe that the government knows it exists. They're not telling us. And I think the only way humans are ever going to know is if some Avengers-type wormhole opens up and an army of fucking aliens comes out. Yeah, we need an Independence Day-like event <laughs> where a giant shit blacks out the sky. Like, I don't want that to happen, but yeah, I just... Uh, and at that point, it's too late. We're going to go from finding out to extinction real quick. Um, so yeah. there, there, there will be no discussions to be had at that point. Um, yeah. and what, I can, was that, what was that thing I sent? It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I sent like DraftKings or FanDuel Twitter page or something sent like over under on alien life on the planet Earth right now. And it was set at like 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm taking the over by a long shot. Yeah, it's <laughs> that whole scrolls thing in the MCU. I was gonna say is I think, a very I think real thing. Real here. <laughs> yeah, like um, to tie that back into a nerd's actual nerd's topic. I think the scrolls are a real thing, and I think it does exist. So, um, I even like Men in Black's little take on it, where it's like they go. I think it's Men in Black Two, where they go to find. Uh, K and they find him at the post office. Yes. And all of the people working in the post office are aliens underneath their like human form. Yeah. And it's funny, but the, the, I think Men in Black, like even though those movies were funny, there was a lot in those movies that always kind of made me question, like, hmm, 
Like, <laughs> the stuff is meant to be funny and, like, satire, but it kind of could be true. You know, like, the men in black, like, that's been a thing. You know, like, that's been taboo. X-Files. X-Files yeah. type stuff. That's all been taboo for years. And, you know, it came from somewhere. The idea wasn't thought out of nowhere. It came from somewhere, something, and just became part of pop culture. Right. And, like, it's the it's the hieroglyphics in Egypt. There's some saucer-like shit on those things. Um, like that's going back thousands of years. Yeah, they want us to focus on the fact of the worship cats, but they want us to ignore the fact that, you know, those hieroglyphics were of alien life form. It, yeah. Like either they saw some shit or they were on some shit that made I want. that. If the, we need, we need to uncover that. If if this is all made up and the Egyptians were just on some serious shit, we need to uncover that. Find that in the tomb. I mean the yeah, I mean the Incans and Aztecs were on peyote. That shit does some things, but if, allegedly, yes. But if uh, if if the ancient Egyptians stumbled upon something that made them see shit like that. <laughs> Oh wow, that might be the greatest discovery ever. I don't know, man. I just yeah, it's you know, what's the line from the the X Files? They're out there or something like that. Like the truth is out there. The truth is out there, and it's it's there. And, and it's again, it's just ancient people. Alien, ancient aliens guy. I'm blanking on his name. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Why not? Like I just. I don't know, man. My philosophy is it's all on the table. There's nothing off the table. And uh, aliens, I'm totally on the table. You know, uh, what we know and don't know, everything's on the table. Yeah. I'm willing to lean towards the side of we've known for a long time and that we just, they're still trying to figure out, you know, the long-term plan Whereas right now they're trying to tell us, well, we just don't even know. Okay. Go with that. I'm cool with that. And again, I'm fine with them <laughs> like coming. I, I, I want that to be the result. Please don't let people know they're real. Right. I mean, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, I'm very relating to Dale Gribble right now in King of the Hill um, with his theories and all that. But there's, yeah, I mean, these theories come out for a reason. And the U.S. government covers things up all the time. This is probably one of them. Uh, but yeah, I thought that would be a fun topic uh, because it's been anticipated for a while. And, I mean, aliens, UFOs, it's been talked about for thousands of years. I think they're out there. Yeah, for sure, dude. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, um, we're hitting that peak summer coming up. So with theaters reopening and capacity lifted, restrictions lifted, 
trailers are dropping and there were two that came out that were one was way better than I thought and the other gave us a surprise that we weren't expecting uh, and that first one was uh, Shang-Chi Legend, Legend of Ten Rings first off the fight sequences look amazing in this movie like oh my god it's like Kung Fu meets Street Fighter like yes yeah this is all this is this is like watching a modern kung fu marvel hybrid and it looks phenomenal uh one of the things too the real mandarin showed up not trevor and iron man 3 mandarin you know the real mandarin Mandarin actually appears yep so i'm excited for that uh but that, but that wasn't the one that got me. It was the end. Abomination, and what? possibly, and possibly Wong. Wong is also possibly in that scene. Yeah, um, and they they drop that. Uh, they drop that in the last like five seconds of the trailer. It's like, holy shit! Yeah. It's making his it, making his first appearance in the MCU since the Incredible Hulk in two thousand eight. So, which Tim Roth played that 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 role really good. Like yes, let's, like I think he did a good job. Yeah, and, and that's such a cool way to tie Shang Chi to this current universe is to say that the Abomination has been over in Japan, fighting in like underground fighting rings. And possibly fighting Wong, who they said was off taking care of business. Maybe Wong was off handling that. You know? And it's like there are so many cool ways you could tie into. And the other thing with that character, Shang-Chi, is the power of the rings comes from aliens. So you have a cosmic tie-in and one character that we've also heard allegedly could be getting fooled in MCU. Iron Fist is also very closely tied to this. So, yes, he is. like, this movie, it, it could take us in none of those directions. It could take us in a lot of weird, cool directions. And I've been saying it for a long time, man. I'm, for far as Marvel's concerned, it is my most anticipated movie. No offense to Eternals or Black Widow. Um, Shang-Chi just looks like it's going to be cool. It, it looks like the last Airbender movie we should have gotten. <laughs> Like, uh, I just can it be September third already? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it looks great. Um, I'm excited for this one. Um, I was excited for it, but seeing this most recent trailer that dropped this past week, I am. I'm actually might be more excited now for Shang Chi than the Internals, and I know I've hyped that up for a while. Uh, so that says something right there. I'm excited too because we could get that. I want to see that trailer. They have to show up before Black Widow, right? So, like, to see that trailer in a really good movie theater. Oh, man. Yes. Really, really, really quick, too, Eric. I'm sorry. I wrote this in my notes and I just wanted to quickly mention it. There was another trailer that dropped this week that I don't expect you to comment on because I know it's not your thing. But they dropped a new trailer for the new Halloween movie. And I'll just say this. 
I've not been a huge fan of those movies. The one that came out in 2018 was really good. I've never seen a trailer that body bagged as many people as this one does. Um, it's two and a half minutes of cutting between Michael Myers just murdering the entire town. And the whole premise behind the movie is that Michael Myers escaped the fire that, that has to set the firehouse on fire on. It literally takes place exactly as the last movie ended. He murders all of the firemen that go to the house that, to try to stop from burning. And the entire town is out to kill Michael Myers. And from the trailer, it looks like he takes out half the town. Um, so if you guys are into that kind of genre at all, are you into that? I'm sure you've already seen it in this case. Go watch that trailer, because holy shit. I've never seen a trailer that literally shows 15 different kills from a scary movie perspective. And it's like, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. So, sorry, really quick, had to get that in. Yes, and yeah, again, it's not my cup of tea, but neither is the next one, but I'm actually very stoked to see a DC movie. Yes, hell has frozen over for me saying that, but it is James Gunn directing it, so that might have a lot to do with it, but Holy shit, this looks good. So really quick, James Gunn, I, I've read this a lot and I feel pretty confident in saying it's like true. When Marvel decided they wanted to play <laughs> social justice hero and say that his tweets from 10 years ago weren't any good and they fired him, WB immediately called him and they offered him anything. They told him, you can make a Superman movie. You want to make a Superman movie? He said, no. Batman, no. Flash, no. Hey, James, how about a Justice League movie? Nah. Well, what do you want to do, James? You could do any one of our characters. We don't give a shit. And he said, I want to make Suicide Squad. And they were like, well, we just kind of made one that was mildly successive. And he's like, yeah, but I've got kind of a good track record with like B-tier characters that team up. And holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, I did get a bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe from this trailer. But first off, introducing Bloodsport, played by Idris Alba. Awesome. Second, using the gun from Superman number four from 1987. Even better. So he seems to be going canon. And I think DC hasn't really done that in their more recent movies. And this, maybe they need to go canon, and it will work if, it, if they do that. And James Gunn is, I think, perfect for this. And no disrespect to David Ayers, but the 2016 version, yes, it did good in the box office, slightly under $800 million, but... It really wasn't that good. The first half of the movie was good. Like, the setup was good. Like, there's some really good shit. Like, uh, to this day, I'll never forget that scene in the strip club where it's Joker, Harley, and Common. And Common refers to Harley Quinn as Joker's bitch. 
Yes. And the look on Joker's face is terrifying. You knew in that second he fucked up. But yeah, anything involving the Enchantress in that movie is trash. <laughs> and I mean anything involving her. Cara Delevingne's not that good of an actress, in my opinion. Um, my favorite line of the trailer was the line from Peacemaker, where she's like, Amanda Waller's like, we're only going to, your job is to eradicate any trace of what we will be calling Project Starfish. And he's like, question, Starfish is a slang term for buttholes. Is there any connection? And she just looks at him like he's an idiot. She's like, no. He's like, okay. <laughs> oh, and then King Shark. Dude, King how Shark. good is... <laughs> like, he... That was... King Shark was violent in that. I mean, you saw him eat a guy, and then you saw him rip one in half. Like, you're showing that shit in a trailer. I'm looking forward to this. And then in this trailer, he's... At the very end, they're, like, on the comms, and, like, very seriously, Rick Flagg's character asks a question, and you just hear, Bird... And it's King Shark looking at a bird, and they're like, damn it, get off the comms. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's James Gunn. Like, that's what I mean. That, I mean that's where I said it. I mean, I get, I get this Guardians of the Galaxy vibe where it's like this misfit hero, anti hero group. And that's kind of what the Suicide Squad is, actually. They're like the Guardians in a way. Like, where this kind of, they're, where they're more violent. <laughs> yes. yes. Way more violent. But it's just, but, but you know what I mean. It's like you get that vibe, and it's well, King Shark is definitely going to be the Groot of the movie. I think he's going to be the character that doesn't say a lot necessarily, but everybody walks out of the movie and they're like, "Oh my god, he was amazing!" And yeah, uh, I kind of expect Peacemaker to be like the Drax of the movie, like. I think there's characters you could tie to the Guardians movies that you can relate and be like, well, King Shark is going to be like the Groot in the movie. You know, uh, Peacemaker is going to be the Drax. You know, Harley's probably going to be the Gamora of the movie. Um, I'm not really sure who would be the Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Maybe the Weasel guy. Which again, that's another funny line in the trailer where they're like, you know, Pete Davidson's character is like, why am I sitting next to this guy? Is he a dog? Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, he's a weasel. He's harmless. Well, he's killed 27 children, but harmless. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, yeah. Suicide Squad, please. So I'm actually looking forward to the DC movie. Um, so there's that. But yeah, maybe we're two weeks away um, from the first Marvel movie since Endgame. The two-year wait is nearing its long-awaited end, but the early early reviews are out, and it appears to be living up to the hype. I'm not going to say anything, but early reactions I've read, like I said, they meet the hype. Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh are great on screen. And one reaction I wrote down is, highly recommend to see it in theaters. The, it made the experience better. Well, Eric, I, we're just going to have to do that. Like, there's no way. Like, I, I was going to see this movie in theaters. I don't care if I had to go by myself. I was going to, I mean, the same thing. Like, I, if I yeah. had to see this movie by myself, I would. I saw Endgame by myself. Uh, but, yeah. It, 
I mean, that kind of goes to our thing. We've talked about this on a few episodes and even last week. Certain movies are better in theaters. This is going to be one of them, it seems. So, I'm, I'm excited. It's definitely going to, it's just, it, it's, it's like that culmination. Like, we've been waiting on big, super big Marvel movie. You know, we had a Fast 9 come out this week, which I have no interest in seeing, personally. Um, I think those movies are stupid. Um, but, like, yeah, this is the kind of movie you need to see in theater. You know, and for the love of God, guys, when we go see this movie, that may be a whole episode right there. Because, God damn it, we're going to find out what happens in Budapest. You know, we're going to, I'm sure there are going to be cameos from other, yeah, like, we're going to get a lot of questions answered about that character. Because I never needed a Black Widow movie, but if you're going to give me one, I wanted certain things answered, and it sounds like we're getting it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so this is basically like this episode has basically been a hype of Marvel and Disney because they did we have don't officially have the release dates for certain shows but there are four more shows coming out this year in the next six months and everything about these shows premises 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 whatever whatever the word is the premise of the shows <laughs> yes thank you the premise of the shows intrigued me for all of them. And so the four that are coming out the rest of the year are supposedly this summer. So within the next couple months is what if now this one is one of my favorite things to discuss in life, not just nerd world, but sports life. Like we've all questioned that too. Like what if I had done this differently? This kind of focuses on that. It's animated, by the way. This isn't a live action. This is an animated show. To talk about what if events in the MCU. Like, what if they went differently? So think Battle of New York. What if Thanos actually won? Yes, he did win Infinity War, yes. But, like, what if he had succeeded the second time? That's the shit that's going to be addressed. And it's going to be a very interesting alternative universe to see the MCU do. So I'm excited from, about that. From all accounts, they're getting all of the actors to like voice the roles in it. So like, you're going to get anything that like involves Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. supposedly is doing the voice work and the animated stuff for Iron Man. Um. So you're not going to get, like, voice actors, no. Supposedly, they brought in all of the actors that are involved in these episodes to actually record their parts. So it's going to be true canon to the MCU. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, just to name it, Haley Atwell, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, who's actually doing T'Challa and Star-Lord in this, which is interesting. Brolin as Thanos. Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. They've got Sebastian Stan, Ruffalo, Rudd, Samuel L. Jackson. This is 
like think about that like michael b jordan like killmonger what if killmonger beat t'challa like i'm excited for this like this is probably after reading the premise of this show i know i i'm excited about all these but this might be one of my first like i can't wait for this one this is gonna be fun so um, yeah, I think fun is the word to describe that show. Yeah. Like it's it, it, it's not going to advance any stories. Right. You know, we don't have to worry about. Oh my God, what are all the Easter eggs? No. It's going to be pure fun. Yeah, and then I know you and I talked about this one because uh, discussing film is a great follow on Twitter um, for all entertainment. Really, uh, I get a lot of my news from them, so. If you don't follow them, go ahead and do that because this sort of led to this topic because they did tweet, what are you most excited about? And I know you mentioned this one, Miss Marvel, as, you're, as the one you were looking forward to. Yeah, just because it's, it's a new character, um, she's going to be canon, so she'll be in the MCU at some point. Um, and I think she's going to play kind of a key role, like you know, if we are getting this really, truly new Avengers, um, you know, set up, and it seems like we're getting, like, we'll talk about with Hawkeye, with Kate Bishop as well. Like, Miss Marvel's a part. Yeah, Miss Marvel's part of that. And she's got a really cool story. She's got cool powers. Like, yeah, I, I think of, of the four, um, purely from a storyline standpoint, uh, that's why Miss Marvel's got my interest. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I like this a lot as well. Um, yeah, this is Marvel, so I'm always going to give the benefit of the doubt before anything happens that it's going to be good. Um, but from the premise of this, I like it because this sort of relates to all nerds because it's centering around a 16-year-old, Kamala Khan, already kind of that awkward age 16 love superheroes especially captain marvel gaming fan fiction struggling to fit in it's a relatable character right then and there like you just read those lines and it's like yeah i related to that character i still relate to that character and then she gets her powers so it's going to kick off there um, we'll see how that ties into possible uh, Captain Marvel 2. We might have some theories. But, yeah, no, that's going to be a good one there. And you mentioned Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner reprising his role as Clint Barton, teaming up with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. So, Not much really right. out there, but I know you like this one. Well, I, I do. And one of the things I, I thought was interesting was the way they dealt with Hawkeye turning into Ronin in Endgame and then it kind of going away. That was the thing that like I was always interested in and they kind of like they showed him like he was Ronin in the beginning of Endgame. Like he was straight murdering Yakuza. And then he just kind of turned back into Clint for the sake of the story and you never got that whole like wait a minute but wasn't he like just like I don't know viciously murdering people like five minutes ago? Um, and from what I've read, they are going to address that in some form. 
And that, that for me is cool. That's like a part of like his story that I was kind of like, mm, oh, what happened with that? Because Ronan was such a cool, unique split personality, essentially, of Clint. And it really made that character from basically a Green Arrow ripoff to, you know, something different, not that. And I, I hope they kind of, if I just have one thing from that show, that's what I want. Yeah, it would be interesting to see um, if they address it in that in Hawkeye, which comes out. Uh, I'm, th- I'm anticipating this one more. They said late. I'm anticipating this probably being like an October release or so. Um, so I would follow that one closely. And the last one, I know you're not a big, you're not a big Star Wars guy like I am, but the Book of Boba Fett and. He's probably the most badass side character, or at least one of the most badass side characters in all of cinema. Um, badass bounty hunter. Story gets told in Attack of the Clones a little more. But this is going to set, this is going to come out late this year. I'm probably anticipating probably the same day as the new season of Mandalorian. I would, at least that's how I would do it. But I don't know when. No confirmation there. John Favreau's uh, producing it, so I'm excited about that. I think I know it's going to be done right then, and they're going to set it within the time of the Mandalorian because spoilers. If you haven't seen the Mandalorian this past season, please do. But spoilers: Chapter 14. It was the return of Boba Fett. And yes, there was the Luke Skywalker thing at the end of the season that shocked people. This was on par with that. The fact that they brought Boba Fett back, like, how did he escape the pit? Like, it was, like, oh, like that made, that added more to his badassery. And I'm excited to see, to see this. Um, so this is gonna be fun. Yeah, he's a cool character. To your point, I, I'm not a Star Wars guy, which I know in the nerd pantheon is like sacrilegious. I don't fucking care. Like, part of what being a nerd is cool is that we have things we like and we don't like. And I'm not going to judge you for things you don't like or like. And the same should be said of you to me. And I just, Star Wars is just never done for me. I don't have an explanation. I've tried watching the movies. I tried watching Mandalorian. I just can't get into it. Yeah, that's fine. And, you know, but I'm not going to shit anybody that's excited for it like you are. And, you know, honestly, if it's something we want to review, I'll watch it just for the sake of reviewing it and having a discussion about it, like, and checking it out. Like, I'm not going to ever say, nope, not checking that out. It's Star Wars. I don't like it. If it's got a good story to it and it's like something that's exciting to watch, I don't give a damn. Like, so. But yeah, it's Boba Fett's cool character. He really is. He's a bounty. He's a fucking bounty hunter that you know is you know one of the few people that got Darth Vader's respect. So um, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. So those are the four shows coming out. I mean, yeah, there's a shit ton of other things coming out, but these are the four shows um, that they're hyping up. Um, so like I said, I mean. I'm hyped for all of this, really. Like this is why we had this episode called Nerd Hype, because that's where we're in. It 
I'm dubbing this nerd hype season. So keep uh, it's, keep it's the hype ready, going. It's getting ready to pop off, guys. Like um, you just <laughs> like we're uh, Eric. I'm sure you mentioned, but so we're gonna take off next week. Um, for Fourth of July, um, and just kind of catch our breath, you know. So we'll review episodes four and five of Loki, um, and then it's Black Widow week. And buckle your buttholes, guys, because it's 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 fixing to go down. Like um, may have an in person, so Eric and I may be together episode. Uh, we're still trying to work on the details of that, so you may get a fresh out of the theater review of black widow um but uh man i'm ready let's do it i i'm let's stoked like i said i mean i know we've addressed this before where we sort of needed that marvel break before wandavision kicked us off but it's been just over 26 months since endgame we need a new Marvel movie. It's been pushed back enough. Everything's been going. We're finally there. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited. Hyped up. All the all the nerds should be as well. Our time has come. So. Thanks, thanks, Eric. It's our it's our, it's our time to shine. Take care, everyone. Happy 4th of July. Be safe. Don't blow your hands off with the fireworks. Don't snap uh, poppers like Thanos with the Infinity Stones. Be safe. Don't be stupid. Bye, nerds.